Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Sees. We have the conversations leaders want to have so they can win at leadership. Now, on to our show. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Leadership Conversations. This is Casey Sees along with my co-host, Josh Reich. Josh, how's it going today, man? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing very well. The, the weather's cooled off here in Texas uh, for a couple days, and then it's going to get hot and humid again, but we just enjoy it for the few moments that it happens. So, Yeah, I mean, thankfully, when it cools off here, it actually cools off because yeah. there's no humidity. Right, and yeah, no humidity. We have, it, it lingers both ways. Yeah, I wonder if the humidity, is that like, is that because of the fall in Genesis 3? I feel like humidity so. has to be the evidence of sin. Well, it depends on the effect on a woman's hair to answer that question, because some women love the humidity, the buoyancy, and some women do dislike strongly. So I guess we'll leave that answer to a theological discussion with our better halves. But today, today we're going to discuss, uh, continue the, con- the process of interview, but we want to, to turn the tables a bit and talk a bit about ways that you can actually interview the organizations that you're interviewing with. A lot of times people go for a job or a position and they need the work or they want the position. But we, we highly recommend that you take the time to also interview the organization to ensure um, that, that you're finding out the right information. And so, Josh, I know you and I have talked about this offline. Um, and I, I would love for you to share just a bit of your experience with that, why you feel it's important. And we'll dive in from there. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people right now are transitioning jobs. Um, within this pandemic, and uh, there are businesses hiring and churches hiring, and uh, people are transitioning, and so I, I think it's incredibly important. But I wonder, do you think it's easier to interview a business or interview a church? Um, really, I, I think because you know we say we're interviewing an organization, but you want to interview like converse with the people you'll be reporting to, or reporting with, yeah. and and so I, I think. I think both can be easy to do if you know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, it's going to be, it's, especially if they're interested in you, it's going to be difficult to find out the information you want to find out. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, one of the things that is incredibly important when interviewing an organization is to think I'm interviewing the organization. I'm not just being interviewed. And so to just have that mindset so that you go in, um, mining for data, trying to find things. Um, and this is easier for some personalities compared to others. You know, some people get just all emotional about the decision and start to just do it on feel, you know, as an eight on the Enneagram, I always just think, well, you know, my gut says to do this or says not to do this. So we'll just do this. And that can often lead to a really bad decision. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a couple of things that I think is important is, especially with churches or businesses, but to find out um, past history of attendance, past history of giving, past history of, you know, whatever numbers you can find out, find out those numbers. Uh, find out, you know, has this church plateaued? Has, is this church growing? What has led to its growth? What has led to its plateau? Um, staff transitions. Uh, one, of the, one of the questions I think everybody should ask when they get hired somewhere is how many people have left recently? Tell me yep. about the details around that. And so I think those are incredibly important decisions, not just who you're going to work with, but the culture that you're going into um, is one that is really overlooked. Well, and I think also, you know, hey, what, what are the busy seasons like here? Whether it's a business or a church, what are the busy seasons like? 
you know, oh man, it's crazy. Oh, what's crazy about it? You know, blah, 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 you know. And typically if an organization's like, man, we push hard, like as a church, we push hard through Christmas and Easter, but man, they're so generous. You know, the elders give us the week off after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, and we're allowed to shut down and rest, and we're, they do really good at taking care. Like they'll offer that stuff up, but if not, you know, they'll just tell you how crazy it is and then move on. And that for me, that would be a cue to maybe have a, a dig in on that point. You know, hey, that sounds like it. You know, so what do you do to recover? <laughs> What's recovery? Yeah. Those type of things, as little and nonchalant as they might seem, tell you a lot. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, you know, one of the things you mentioned elders in that, I, I think when you're interviewing with a church, um, it, yes, you want to interview the elders. You want to ask them as many questions as possible. But one of the things that I have found to be really helpful, and I've advised people to do this, is go to the admins at a church and interview them. Go to the secretaries at a company and interview them. Uh, find Because they're the ones who will tell you probably a little bit more of the details. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because, you know, one of the questions I, I think that people should ask is, what does it take for someone to be successful here? Uh, describe somebody who's successful. Um, what did they do? Um, you know, and you might start to hear, oh, well, they worked a ton. You know, they, they're always here. Um, you know, and so to find out some of those details, I think are incredibly important. Um, and one of the things too, that I think a lot of people overlook, especially in ministry is the power and culture of the place, the city that it's in. Um, so we're, we're in Arizona and, uh, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania and Arizona is very, very different from Pennsylvania, very different from the Midwest. Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of pastors in the West Coast, and one of the things that they say is that if you are from east of Colorado, you have a very hard time sticking it out in the West, mm. just because it's different. And so you have to understand that. You have to understand. I was talking to a friend recently who's looking, he was looking to move from Arizona to Massachusetts, and I was like, I mean, that is two different worlds. Um, and so to really understand the power of, and the culture of the place, um, that you're, that you're looking to move to, uh, because that has a huge influence on the company that you work for, um, you know, what life is going to be like. So do not overlook that. No. And I would, I mean, I would drive around the area, whether it's a business yeah. or, and look, I'd go, I would go look at reviews online and yeah. I would, you know, I would think through turnover, you know, if someone's, you know, what's the turnover rate of, you know, at a church of, um, you know, of attendees of the business, I'd ask churn rate, you know, how often do, you know, how long do customers or clients stay with us? What, what's, you know, what, what's the typical reason why they go away? You know, I, I think the more you can get that feedback, the better. And quite honestly, I think it's healthy to look at complaints, right? Because the question is, is how, how are they addressing them, right? If they're constantly dismissive that all of their issues are other people's problems, then you're going to know if you come into their situation, you're going to either have to buy into the us and them mentality of, well, it's the employee's problem or it's the, the, the client's problem or it's the church member's problem rather than taking responsibility of saying like their problem becomes our issue and our, our job is to solve the problem. You know, that, that's, that's a sign of good leadership because a lot of times, I mean, I hear it all the time, Josh, from pastors, um, from, you know, upper executive, upper level executives that what they were sold is not what they're experiencing. Um, and, and usually, especially if a move's involved or they're financially dependent on that job, yeah, they're in a bad spot. Yeah. 
Well, and I think, you know, asking, you know, hey, has anyone ever burned out here? Yeah. You know. How was it handled? Yeah. You know, what happened? How, how much time did it take for them to recover? What led to the burnout? Um, if there have been staff transitions in the last couple of years, I would ask permission to call those people. Yeah. I would want to find out, you know, not just what the church organization told me, but also what the other person told me. And then just know that, you know, like when someone comes to me and says, you know, for marriage counseling, if I just talk to one of the people I know I'm getting maybe half the story, right. um, you know, uh, and to just be aware of that. But one of the questions that I always tell people to ask besides what does it take to be successful is I always tell them to ask, especially if you're going in to be like the CEO or the lead pastor, or you're going to be running like a center is to ask, you know, if we do everything you want us to do, like everything that is in your head comes true, what does it look like in five years? You know, if we accomplish everything, what does it look like? Because if you're the leader, all those people are expecting you to take them there. Yep. And so to really just get a picture, you know, what's in their head, what's in their heart, and to ask yourself, do I actually want to go to that place? Do I actually want to lead those people to that place? Um, because that'll tell you a lot of things. Um, and so, you know, and, and one of the things too, that I think a lot of people have to really understand is who are they following? Yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes, especially in church, I remember when uh, I was 25 years old, we moved to Wisconsin to be a student pastor and I followed Jesus. I mean, I followed the guy that did nothing wrong that everybody loved. <laughs> and I learned very quickly that the sacrificial lamb is an actual thing. Yes. <laughs> In, in church and business. And so you really have to understand, you know, who am I following? How high is the bar? Um, do people, because the further you get from, you know, an experience or a person, what I found in churches is that people, people begin to romanticize the past. And so you really have to understand that dynamic. I don't know if you've ever followed Jesus at church, but it's not easy to do. Oh, I've and, seen it. For, fortunately, I followed Judas at one church. And so <laughs> I... I had a, I was too young to appreciate, That's way I, I was too young to appreciate what I had going for me there. And, uh, you know, hindsight being 2020, I probably could have, uh, ridden that, ridden that pony a little longer, but, uh, no, I mean, I've definitely seen that happen. Me. It taught me, like, well, I always ask, Hey, tell me about the person I'm following. And, and yeah. I also want to think context, right. For your family, right. Whether it's business, you know, so if you're moving from, you know, the South up to the Northeast for business, right. Cost of living, you know, cost of, if your kid likes to dance, I would research what are the dance, you know, cause you might be getting quote unquote a raise to move to New York city, but that raise may not be, it may be a, a huge awesome. loss. Right. And you may have to sacrifice a limit more. And I can't tell you how many people I've spoken with who have taken positions that look like they're going to be amazing. They ended up costing them dearly yeah. and did not accomplish what they were going for along the way. And, and I think when you interview, you know, uh, for instance, you know, I live in Brenham, Texas. Now I, I live for almost nine years in the Woodlands area of Houston, which is a upperly mobile, upper middle-class to upper-class area. Uh, and I mean, busyness, man. Like you've got to be busy, like slam busy and everything because of traffic in the area took forever, you know, which costs a lot of money. Like if I wanted to socialize with people in my church, a lot of times, you know, I, I can afford to socialize with certain groups because of what they could afford to do. You know, and I think all of those, all of that information is going to be very important for you to find out, Hey, what, what are the people of this? You know, what are the, what do the employees like to do for fun? Another thing, if you're applying for a job, what kind of cars are in the parking lot? Right. What kind of what kind of clothes are people wearing? What kind of bags are they carrying? 
Like what, what, what matters in that culture and context? And is that something that you can afford to keep up with along the way? I think each of those points are going to be imperative for you to understand uh, as you learn about the organization. Well, not only that, like, especially in a church, I think this is probably not so much in a business, but in a church, you know, to really dig into what's the expectation for your spouse. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Lots of churches and their, and your kids, um, you know, finding out, you know, how involved are other pastors, kids in the student ministry? How big of a deal is it? You know, um, well, that's true in business too, Josh, when you, when you have, when you have guys that are CEOs, you know, and having to deal with the board of directors and things like that, there are certain events that your wife's expected to go to. Or let's say you're taking over to lead a family organization owned by a family that they're aging out. You know, what are the dynamics? I've had friends go work for organizations that were large family owned businesses and the family politics, you know, itself was, was a difficult thing to overcome. You know, so I mean, okay. So asking, you know, what does success look like here? What do people around here, what does the staff like to do for fun? What, what do the people in this community enjoy doing? When we moved to Brenham the first time, it was, it was baseball, bluebell, beer, and barbecue, right? The, the four B's of Brenham. Bluebell? Bluebell okay. ice cream. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, I'll have some overnight it to you, buddy, because it's, it's worth it. And this, oh, this show is not brought to you by Bluebell ice cream, but I might talk to them. But it could. I could, see, I could see their factory from my front porch, so there might be some opportunities there. And uh, yeah, that's one thing true. leaders need is more ice cream. So that's true. And, you know, one of the things when you talk about your family, I mean, is really finding out, you know, is there an expectation when it comes to schooling for your kids? Yep. You know, there's a lot oh, of that's big. Yeah. You, know, you got to go to this Christian school or public school, homeschool. Yeah. Yep. You know, what is the expectation? You know, do people, um, how do they feel if you don't do that? Um, how, do, how do they feel if you live a little bit differently? You know, you mentioned, yep. you know, just the finances of a place. And that really plays into like, well, what if your spouse doesn't work or what if your spouse does work? Um, you know, that can be uh, something that is kind of on the, we don't really talk about that list at this church kind of a thing. Because so, <laughs> those lists exist. I mean, they, they you know. I think one question for a church I would go in and ask is what are some sacred cows here? Yep. Right. And see if they would actually, I think it's healthier even if they have, I mean, every church has one. I don't even care if they're three years old, but can they identify them? Oh, we don't really have any. That's false. That's children's funny. ministry. So if you don't have children's ministry, will people still show up to church during a pandemic? Maybe, maybe not. Right. Uh, I'm, I think I've shared the story on here before about the organ at the first youth ministry I worked at that an elderly yeah. wealthy donor, you know, donated that we could not move or get rid of until she died. Right. Yeah. So what, what are the sacred cows? You know, what, what are the non-negotiables, man? I, I think, I think just going in being thoughtful, not bossy, it's not a negotiation play more than it's just getting information, right? Yeah. Because you know yourself better than they know you. And in interviews, both parties are typically trying to put the best foot forward, but what is the overall goal of what we're looking to accomplish? And there, there's every organization is going to have its issues. You just have to determine are those issues that you're willing to endure for the purpose of serving the best of your ability there. So any final thoughts, Josh, as we uh, wrap up? Yeah. One thing I would tell if you are going in, this is for a lead pastor, but really probably other pastors as well, but for sure a lead pastor is to ask the team that you're talking to, to rank in order of importance, these four things for the lead pastor, leader, visionary leadership, preaching, administration, and shepherding Mm. to ask them, rank them one to four, which one's most important to you and to the church. Yeah. 
And then you should know in your head what your ranking is for yourself. Um, because you can find out really quickly. So if I was interviewing somewhere and I asked them to rank and they said, number one is shepherding, then I would go, I'm for sure not your guy, <laughs> you know, right off the bat, um, you know, for, or somebody who's highly relational. If they said administration is number one for us for this position, if you're highly relational, there's a good chance you're not highly administrative. Right. And, but then, you know, I'm not the person they're looking for. Yep. And that's okay. Um, because one of the things I would encourage people, especially if, if God shuts a door to just know it's not the right thing, it's okay. Um, you know, cause oftentimes, I, you know, we can get really dejected if we don't get a job, but sometimes God's really protecting us from a situation that we don't need to go to. Right. That, that's, that's great advice. And, and I mean, like they say, right, your best raise you're ever going to get your starting salary. The, the best, the best way to get fired from a job is before you're hired. And the best way to quit a job is before you're hired. Figure out, hey, what do I know about myself? What do I need to know about this organization? What matters to my family and I? Um, you know, and I understand right now people are desperate for, for work and for opportunities. But I, I would say it's better to go a little longer to find the right fit than to partner with the, with the wrong organization. So, friends, that's all we have for our, our time together today. Uh, please stay tuned for our next episode of Leadership Conversations. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Cease. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, head on over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe to our podcast. Also, head on over to our website at www.leaderconvos.com.